Welcome to Eyes on Brand. I'm Philip Giuliano, one of the founding partners of Brand Active. When faced with a brand change due to merger, acquisition, a shift in brand strategy, or any other reason, this is the podcast for you. Each episode will be packed full of fun conversations and actionable ideas from global brand and agency leaders about brand implementation, insights, and innovation. When all eyes are on you, our eyes are on your brand. Let's get into it. Welcome back. Today, we are joined by Patrick Heath, one of the leaders at Brand Active. Today, we're going to be talking about why the costs of rebranding aren't clear from the offset and the power that can be given to a marketer for really taking the reins of understanding all of the considerations and implications of a rebrand and the cost and the ROI associated with it. So to start that off, Patrick, I'd, I'd love to just let you introduce yourself and a little bit of your background as well. I'm Patrick Heath. I'm the SVP of client engagement here at Brand Active and, and been here for eight years. Prior to that, I was with Accenture uh, in their management consulting division. So been in management consulting, helping companies think through large-scale implementations, their ROI, uh, costing and benefits for, for over 15 years. When we talk about brand implementation, right? I think this is a really good level set for everybody listening. What do we mean when we talk about brand implementation? Yeah, so brand, brand implementation is really taking a look at all the assets that need to convert, how they're going to convert, how long it's going to take, what it might cost, what your opportunities are for improved efficiency along the way, and how you're going to manage those assets going forward. Yeah, and I think for the purposes of this discussion, when we talk about brand implementation, we're, we're thinking beyond what, the, what an agency would call activation. We're talking about how you actually transition a branded asset from an old brand or old visual identity system, could be verbal as well, to the new visual identity system, the new name, or any new verbal guidelines as well. So we're thinking signs in the ground. We're thinking websites and microsites, products, packaging, legal, fleet, workwear, uniforms. IT, ERP systems, those sorts of things, all the nuts and bolts of where your brand or, or, or brand name comes to life. Yeah. Patrick and I have very similar paths to where we are today as well. So I'm actually going to dive right into probably the most pressing question that every single client in the planet asks us and why they engage us in the first place over 500 implementations at this point, which is how much is this implementation going to cost me? So the question really is, why is this so important, right? And why is this also not so straightforward of an answer? Well, if you're going to build a house, you probably want to have an idea of how much it's going to cost before you start saying yes to these types of things. So just like any good stewards, uh, financial stewards in an organization, it's really important that we have a good sense of how much money we're going to spend, how long it's going to take, and what are the benefits of, of doing something before we, we really dive in. Yeah. But I mean, so if I'm going to build a house, let's just play on that for a little bit, right? If I'm going sure. to build a house, right? I have, uh, I have a contractor over here to my right, right? Who's telling me, you know, it's probably going to take about, you know, three months and it's going to cost me about $250 a square foot. So, you know, what's the big deal? 
what else is there to consider, really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, fair, fair point. I'm not sure whether that's a, a contractor to necessarily be trusted. And it's good to have an independent voice who's not vested in telling you necessarily what you want to hear, but really telling you the truth so that you can consider all the factors before you make a decision. Okay. So what happens a lot of the time, right, is, you know, a lot of clients will come to us and they'll say, okay, well, you've, you've done 500 of these, right? So surely, you know, I'm an oil and gas company, you know, I've got 80,000 employees, I've got 150 locations, you know, I'm about $40 billion in revenue. Can't you just size and scale my implementation for me? Every oil and gas company will be a little bit different. Uh, you're going to have different assets. You're going to uh, lean more heavily in upstream or downstream or midstream. You may outsource certain areas of your company that others won't. So all to say, you're going to have different strategies and investment levels and how you want to approach the rebrand in terms of time and CapEx and OpEx. All these sorts of things layer into a a cost that is going to be different. Uh, it could be higher, it could be lower, all depending on what your goals are. Yeah, I mean, you know, a, a great example that we've talked about many times, right, is even just a, a simple thing, right? Like the sign on the front of a building, right? Or, you know, we can use the oil and gas industry one, right? You know, a, yeah. a particular drill site or a distribution center or a pipeline. That same sign at different levels of quality or different levels of brand application could be a $1,000 sign or it could be a $10,000 sign, right? And if you've got 150 locations, then you're talking about a variance of 10 times 150 on the thousands, right? So really helping people understand the variance of brand application, right, is just one piece of that, right? So what do you experience with your clients, right, that allows us to help them get incredibly accurate in the things that they do? Because accuracy is the, is the prime element of starting this thing off for success. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the more accurate we can be, the more accurate and, and tuned in a cost estimate and thus an ROI we can be as we, as we think about, uh, about how you're going to do this. So some of the tools that we have at our disposal are benchmarks of over 25 years now of us having done these sorts of assessments. There ain't an asset we haven't seen. Let's talk about the things that come up that aren't really assets, right? Because I think it's, um, I think it's such an interesting aspect of you know, what the implementation world represents, right? Is a marketer, for example, we could take pharma, right? Understanding digital properties, understanding websites, understanding marketing collateral, product, you know, that kind of stuff they, they've got their hands on. But when we start getting into some of the other areas, and I'll leave that to you, right? What does that mean? You know, marketers often have, a, like you said, a really good handle on what's going on in marketing. But what we really help marketers understand is all the areas that they're not thinking about and being able to have really good conversations across the organization that they're not, they're not seeing and they're not comfortable having. And some examples of that are RIT, for instance. There are numerous applications and systems, think about ERP systems that need to have updated product names or branding that could take years to figure out. It could be either a greenfield or brownfield cost in terms of where the dollars may come from. So these are all things that could really exponentially cost a lot more, or it could be something that the organization is just happy to eat. So 
these are the kinds of conversations we need to have to figure out what the what the costs and implications are going to be. Does there always have to be a brand on it? No, there doesn't. I mean, a big part of this is also figuring out just some of the activities that need to be done, be they notifications to your banks, suppliers, vendors, customers, that you are going through some sort of change. There may not be a cost associated with it, but we want to consider what has to happen in order to be completely fulsome on all the activities and costs and benefits uh, of your implementation. So what is the what is the empowerment that happens for a client that you've experienced across, I mean, now seven, eight years of implementations that you've done, right, that you've seen with a marketer that now has all of the information of what is out there, what are the operational realities with it, what are our different options, right, and what could that cost? How does that really empower a CMO or a, a brand lead within an organization? Look, the marketing team owns the brand, but they don't necessarily own all the assets across the organization. When we take our clients through this process, we're really helping to empower marketers to make key decisions and influence the organization into how the brand's going to come to life. One of the things that we see a lot, right, is clients coming to us and saying, I've put together a budget and, you know, I've got something for you, so have a look at it. I'm very curious because I've seen so many of these and I'll, I'll certainly add my own color here as well. But I'm curious, you know, what do you see when that comes to us from, from an organization that's done this work internally? First of all, I mean, I do love when, when clients come to us with, with uh, some work in hand. It means they're thinking about it properly. They're, they're thinking about the assets properly. When they usually pull together a, a document like this, it, it almost certainly has, uh, has holes in it. It's usually missing departments. It's not considering some assets for, for starters. The other thing it often misses is are some of the activities that costs are associated with it. We've talked about it before, but things like legal, regulatory, if you're a product company, it's, it can be things like homologation to get product across borders and some of those activities and updates that need to happen that are going to have a cost associated with it and certainly time. So... All to say, it, it's really great as a starting point, but it's, but certainly we, we we would provide a gap analysis over top of it to really make sure that it's cohesive in in its analysis. What we generally see is a marketer will then go reach out to operational areas and they'll just ask them, "Hey, if we rebrand your area, what's that going to cost for you to do it?" And and to your point, right? Yeah, we see gaps and we see missing things for sure. We also sometimes see things added into that project, right, that may have wanted to get done, but, you know, never really had a purpose or a time or a budget for them, which doesn't mean that they shouldn't get done, but they may be significantly incremental to the rebrand. Let's take facilities as an example. When you go out to a facilities leader, right, and you say, hey, how much is it going to cost to rebrand all of our facilities? Do they usually have the experience to really think about that in a holistic sort of everything is going to be rebranded all at once sort of way? Or how do they normally think about it? Look, facilities leads have a lot to think about. And, and signage, big signage programs, uh, you know, every decade or so are, are only a small piece of it. And in my experience, as, as we think through a large scale signage implementation, which can often be uh, one of the largest cost factors in an implementation, being able to do this right is critical being able to look at the different strategies and approaches and timelines and which vendors to use and when 
all contribute to uh, optimizing costs as you go through this rebrand. Starting from the beginning, we've talked about accuracy. That's one element of ROI. If you can say that a project that was going to cost you $40 million is actually going to cost you 25, right? That's a big ROI element. But then there's real particulars that come up throughout the course of a project that really impact ROI. So broad scaling it, Patrick, how does implementation impact ROI? Yeah, I mean, you can think of of implementation as being a key success factor to enabling the return part of the return on investment. If you don't do it properly and you don't implement the brand properly, you're probably not going to realize the revenue side or or um, benefit side gains that you were hoping to as you went through the decision-making process to go through a rebrand. And so making sure that you have a proper investment in the actual implementation and not just in the creative is critical. How do you reduce the costs? Yeah, I think it, I think it comes down to proper strategy and planning. If you If you don't have a strategy on the outset with all leadership kind of bought in around how we're going to approach this, how we're going to do this, and really what our end result is, it's really difficult to make sure that you're really set up for success. And by rallying around kind of an end result that everybody can get behind, it, it allows you to make the proper investments along the way, be it in implementation support and making sure that you have the right resources and everybody's aligned. I'll give you an example on this. This happens quite often with uh, that I've seen with uh, with larger companies. It's, hey, we're going to do a, a cost-effective approach to this implementation, and we're going to take several years, and we're going to be able to use operational cycles. But then the CEO is going to visit a site, and everyone uh, loses <laughs> their mind and needs to go and implement the signage and make sure that the branded environment's all ready and everyone's uniforms has to be done. I mean, that throws cost-effectiveness out the window. And that's an unaligned strategy, and you're going to end up spending a lot more by doing these piecemeal implementations. So, I think one of the more interesting things to, to go into here, right, is projects that actually don't even get off the ground because of the wrong assumptions and expectations associated with them, right? So to your point, right, we have organizations that will say, look, we want to do this strategic thing, right, as a marketing organization, but we couldn't possibly do that because it would require us to rebrand all of our product and that's going to be hundreds of millions of dollars. I'm interested in in the what examples have you seen of of projects that haven't been able to get off the ground that have actually been able to be helped off the ground and why through some of this thought process that you're talking about. Yeah, I mean this is really about taking the investment and putting it into bite-sized chunks and really looking at cost benefit on an individualized basis. So um I'm thinking of one example where we went through a visual identity exercise with a major bank. And if on the surface you had just decided, well, everything needs to be updated, it would have been cost prohibitive and they never would have done it. But we really focused on those touch points that were closest to our customers. We focused on things like digital assets and collateral that people would see when it comes to life in advertisements, uh, brochures, uh, on the digital apps. And we deprioritize things like signage at remote branding locations. This helped us reduce the investment to sub 10 million and made the ROI number much more appealing. 
cost of implementation is where the rubber hits the road in the strategy, what an organization is trying to do. And this is the single point of failure. So what you've just highlighted is a great segue into like the the role that implementation has in customer experience. Oh, I think they're they're completely hand in hand. We're going through a major bank acquisition right now. It is massive. We are talking thousands of branches. We are talking, you know, upwards of 50, 50 to 75,000 employees. I mean, we cannot bite this all off in one chunk. And so when you think about prioritization, the key element is customer experience. We actually worked with uh, agency partners as well as marketing organizations to really map out a couple of examples of what the customer experience might be. And not only customer experience, but employee experience. So we really looked at those two elements. And with those two elements, it's mapping out the assets that support that. And as we think about the assets that support it, then we start looking at what should be prioritized, what should be invested in, and what should be deprioritized. So it's all through that lens. So there's a there's a communications element to all of this, right? Where if you know you're going to be on a three-year rollout timeframe and you've still hit that 80% of the impact with 20% of the assets and 20% of the investments, but you've still got 80% of the assets out there, right? There's a communications piece to all of that that helps inform the customer that, look, we're taking a fiscally responsible approach or a deliberate approach in how it is we're going to do this. So don't expect everything to be done. Can you talk a little bit about that aspect of things, right? The how implementation informs communication and expectation management? Customers and and employees and really all stakeholders actually have a lot more patience than you think, but they need to be communicated to and there needs to be a change plan in place that is that is really well thought out and well in advance and people will have the patience if if you bring them along for the ride. With proper communication, you can really reduce some of that pushback or blowback because you want to be good financial stewards and being good financial stewards often means you're going to do it over more fiscal years. You're going to be more intentional with your vendor negotiations and trying to drive down the overall cost of that rebrand. That takes time. All right. So we have talked about the rebrand and we've talked about how you get accurate and we've talked about how you reduce those costs of that implementation based off of different factors and variables. But let's talk about how implementation and proper implementation planning can reduce the ongoing costs of assets under management um, for an organization and potentially even create an ROI model for payback on the rebrand through real tangible operational costs. Yeah. I like to go back to my my house analogy again, which is, you know, going through a major renovation or or doing a move in a house, much like a, a change in brand, is a great time to clear house, reset, and think about all the stuff and clutter that you don't really use ever, and uh, maybe don't move it into your new house. So some of the examples of this are you can reduce your operational ongoing cost by just taking inventory and stock of everything you have and really just resetting on what you truly want to use going forward. So I'm thinking about uh, a major financial services merger between two powerhouses where just in marketing collateral alone, alone, we went through 25,000 pieces of collateral. And through rationalization, we got that down to less than 5,000 pieces that they were going to use going forward. 
I mean, that is an 80% reduction in branded assets that need to be uh, managed and housed and updated going forward. I mean, that is major cost savings. Another pharma company that we we helped uh, also in this realm was vendor reduction. I mean, we found that across uh, all their different divisions, they were using upwards of over a hundred different agencies to help them go to market with their branded assets. And through the rebrand, we used it as an opportunity to help them get down to a dozen or so agencies that would help them in different areas. They brought a lot of stuff in-house. They really reduced their significant ongoing costs. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking even, you know, as we're, as we're looking at, you know, whether it's signage vendors or uniforms vendors, I mean, I know we worked at a single hospital, you know, in rural America and they had 40 different uniforms vendors, right. With no standardization around that stuff. So rationalizing the technical specification of assets to a standard family set can also be another place that you find that cost reduction or process improvement, or even just process documentation and standardization, right, around how you do what you do every day, right, and who does it. These are all ways that you can create an ROI model. Yeah, absolutely. And you don't need to be going through a rebrand to tackle a lot of these. In fact, actually, we've we've worked with a lot of organizations where we've done a ton of these activities well before a rebrand started or a rebrand didn't even take place and they unlocked some some uh, some cost savings that they were able to use towards revenue generating activities in their marketing departments. This is a really good distinction, Patrick, because you know when people think about brand implementation, they think, well, I need to be going through a rebrand or a brand architecture change or a merger or acquisition or a split or a spinoff or some sort of event that has me implement a new brand. Right. And the truth of the matter is, is that organizations are implementing their brand through what they do every day. So to look at everything that you've talked about um, in this episode can all apply to what you're doing every day, all day as an organization. And you can use that to uncover opportunities for better impact, for cost reduction, for resource efficiency, better time to market, all of those things. So Patrick, I mean, it's a really interesting conversation. Um, I think there's a lot of nuggets in here for people to really think about one around the complexity involved in really defining what is the cost for us as an organization, but also around and how do we reduce those costs? How do we reduce our ongoing costs, right? How do we create better impact, right? And really drive the organization forward into efficient brand management on an ongoing basis. I really appreciate you joining and all of your insight. Thanks for having me. Be sure to subscribe to Eyes on Brand wherever you listen to podcasts to catch exciting future conversations with global brand and agency leaders about brand implementation, insights, and innovation. Check out the show notes for links to more insightful resources on our website. And if you have any thoughts or questions, always feel free to reach out to me, Philip Giuliano, or our head of business development, Nancy Adzentovich, via our email links in the show notes. Thanks again for joining us. And until next time, do great things.